We welcome you to the next installment of the State Champs Indiana Hang Time Podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University. If you have the dream of playing college sports, LTU offers two dozen varsity sports, including men's and women's basketball. Lawrence Tech wants you to recruit yourself. More on that later in the program. My name is Greg Regstraw, joined as always by Bob Stambazzi. Hello, my friend. How you doing? Good morning, just peaches and cream seeds. Let's get this bad boy rocking. Oh. All right. I know that on Saturday, your focus uh, was on the Northfield girls basketball team. They were regional champions. So congratulations to the Norse. And I know you and I, I think, are heading the same direction from a girls basketball standpoint on Saturday. But during the week, how was your boys basketball slate last week? It, it was interesting. We had a chance to see Norfield, which we haven't seen for a while. Uh, they handled uh, Lakeland Christian Academy relatively easy. And then on uh, Friday night, we saw a great basketball game at Manchester as the Squires defeated for the first time in conference play. The Prude Tigers took their first loss in conference play and in a well of a ball game. And it was a ball game where Manchester scores 87 points. You don't expect in that ball game both teams combined to score 87 points <laughs> as uh, they defeated uh, uh, Prue 87 to uh, 74. So it, it was a great ball game, uh, a lot of fun. Good to see Coach Thompson again. All right. So as far as my perspective was concerned from the uh, week that was, uh, I have been lucky. And part of it is I, I get to have kind of a bigger swath of teams to choose from. So when you're cherry picking like the best games in the area, in theory, the guy that is the schedule maker picks games that won't be a blowout. So people tend to say, oh, you guys have the most competitive games. Well, yes, we do. But we also kind of pick them, you know, for that reason. Um, we, we try to avoid those blowouts. Had a couple of blowouts on Friday and Saturday. Um, and, and, it, and it was just it's just really good teams that are settling in knowing that on the boys side we have only two weeks of the regular season left to go so on friday night had ben davis and lawrence north and and frankly both these games you know were were competitive in the first half and then the better team kind of took off and left in the second half and it's a ben davis team that now has Jaden brewer and obviously there's some there's some controversy here because Jaden spent the last three years at avon has always lived in the Ben Davis district, elected to come back to Ben Davis for his senior year. Uh, His transfer was not allowed by the IHSAA. He was going to be able to play on the varsity as of the first week of March, as in literally, I think the Wednesday of sectional week is when his transfer would have been allowed the 365 day rule. Uh, There were, you know, as is often the case when a transfer is denied, there were some, there was a review board. There was, you know, some, uh, some legal process here. And in mid January, it was ruled from a, a court ruling that he should be playing and he is allowed to play. Uh, And so he has made Ben Davis a much different and much better basketball team. And even though they got beat by LN on Friday night, um, I still think they're the favorite in their sectional. There's no dominant team uh, in the sectional that that Ben Davis is a part of. For Lawrence North, I think this is an important weekend for them because they have been letting teams kind of hang around throughout the course of the season. Um, They've been in a close game, whether they're playing a great team or playing a team that's kind of more fair to Midland. LN put teams away this weekend. Uh, they beat Ben Davis by 18, led that game by eight at halftime. It quickly became double figures. It was not close in the second half. Then they pulverized uh, Fort Wayne Snyder 
uh, over the course of the weekend, scoring 95 points. Similar with my game on Saturday night, although their biggest game of the weekend was on Friday, and I'll explain why in a moment. I had Cathedral and Franklin Central on Saturday night. Cathedral is one of the best scoring teams in the state, averaging 74 points per game. They're in the top 20 in five major offensive categories around the state of Indiana. Not surprising. They're in the top six in the coaches poll, the Sagarin ratings, and they're fourth in terms of the AP poll. Um, didn't hit that many threes, which is not surprising given how many they hit the night before and given the fact they played at Blackhawk Christian and won on Friday night. What they did do is rebound the basketball very well. They played nine when the game was competitive. They played 11 in total. All of those guys scored. And after it was a five-point game at halftime, they won by 28. They won 84 to 56. I'm not sure Cathedral even had their A game, and they scored 84 points. They scored 80 points in back-to-back games. And again, I saw them on Saturday, but Baz, the much bigger win for them was going to Blackhawk Christian and winning on Friday night. That ranks up as one of the two or three best wins in the state this year. Cathedral's got two of them. That's winning at winning at Carmel and winning at Blackhawk Christian. The other that is in that group is obviously Homestead coming to Indianapolis and winning at Lawrence North on January the 23rd. Um, knowing how much we've talked about Blackhawk, just your thoughts on, on the Irish getting a W in Fort Wayne on Friday night. Well, there's no doubt about it. That is a huge win coming up there. Blackhawk has been playing and still continues to play good basketball, but uh, Cathedral put the thump to them, uh, 86 to 78, and and uh, Blackhawk to drop that game, and then they had to turn around and play the next night and dropped another one. Uh, did somebody expose some weaknesses here? You better no. have the no, no. What I'm saying is you better have the talent that Cathedral does if you're going to have an opportunity to get a shot at Blackhawk in 2A. I'll be honest with you. I, I thought that Cathedral was underranked both at number four in in the 4A poll at number six in the coaches poll. And uh, and I'll even give Jeff Sagarin's computers a, a little stuff here. I thought they were underrated there too. Um, <laughs> and I know that, that Cathedral had lost last weekend at Gary Westside. Gary Westside's a really good team. Um, Gary Westside and South Bend Adams should meet each other at some point in the regional. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good game. Whoever comes from that regional, we'll give whoever wins that great semi-state that will feature Carmel and Homestead. We're going to give them a game in the semi-state. It's, that's not the – you know, it, it might be a state championship game of Carmel and Homestead play, <laughs> but it might not be either uh, because those other teams are, are, are really good. Um I think, and, and, and obviously I've seen Lawrence North a lot. Um, I've seen Carmel a good amount this year. This is the fourth time I've had Cathedral. I've seen Homestead a couple of different times. And Homestead, obviously, because they haven't lost, and because they've got the wins over Carmel and Cathedral, they are rightfully the number one team in the state, unquestionably. And that's the proper ranking. But I'm not sure if, if you said, okay, give me those four teams at their absolute best, which is the best team, I think that team is Cathedral. Uh, I was at the Cathedral Homestead game, didn't call it, but I was at the game. And I thought Cathedral kind of gave that game away a little bit uh, to Homestead. It's a Cathedral team that, again, plays nine, 
They bring a 6'10 sophomore off the bench. They've got a three-year starter at point guard who's a Division I player. They've got another Division I player who's their leading scorer in Vincent Brady, uh, who is going to play at the Air Force Academy next year. Uh, they've got several talented sophomores that see the floor. Um, this is a cathedral team that they're going to be really good the next couple of years. I'm not so sure, Bob, their years right now. Uh, Carmel can kind of match their depth. LN can't. I don't think Homestead matches them from a depth perspective. Um, if Cathedral can get out of that murderer's row sectional that has four top 10 teams in it, I think they can go really far in the tournament. I, I can't argue. I mean, when they come up here and beat a good Blackhawk Christian, but I, I can't argue uh, about the talent. Uh, as for the best team in the state, I just feel this way that that uh, uh, you got to take the top off the top of the hill, and and Homestead has taken on every challenge that has been thrown at them, and and as you said, uh, right now they are number one. Uh, you look at Cathedral coming up if they got into a match uh, again, how would it come out? I don't know, but I, I got to tell you. The thing that I look at Homestead with, Greg, is they've got so darn much experience. And you know better than anybody. Experience comes tournament time is invaluable when you try to make your run. Again, the path for Homestead, uh, once they get out of their sectional, they will run into Carmel and likely Lafayette Jeff in the semi-state with one other Fort Wayne area team that are in the regional. The semi-state will likely be one of Gary Westside or South Ben Adams. And then awaiting in the state championship game, I think the clear favorite is whomever comes out of the sectional attack, which like we said, the four top 10 teams that are a part of that, Lawrence North, Cathedral, Warren Central, who's really hitting their stride is now 16 and five. Their only losses since the turn of the year have been a pair of games to Lawrence North. And the last one of those was by three on January the 16th in the Marion County final and then Attics. So you've got the, uh, in, in that sectional, you've got the Marion County champ, the Marion County runner up, the Indianapolis city champ, the Indianapolis city runner up. And again, all of those teams are in the top 10 on the season. With that, let's take a quick time out. Before we continue, if you're a student athlete and you feel you've been overlooked by universities, Lawrence and Elodger University has a unique program for you to recruit yourself. Take a listen. If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e-sports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit LTUathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Once again, back on the State Champs Indiana Hangtime Podcast, Greg Rakestraw, as well as Bob Stambazzi with you. All right, so now we are getting to the point in the season where, again, most folks' attention is starting to turn to the postseason. Uh, the pairing show uh, comes up on Sunday night. I have the honor of hosting the pairing show this year. And so uh, the snow comes at a good time for me, Baz, because I'm going to be holed up in my house studying uh, all week long. I provide as much information on 64 different sectionals across the state as I possibly can. But obviously things are different in 2020 and 2021. And you have some teams that are going to treat this week as a shutdown until the postseason. 
teams that have, you know, maybe had a quarantine, a COVID pause or two, and have not played a full season, but say, you know what? We want to ensure that we can play when our number is called in the postseason. Wanted to get your take on teams that potentially will shut it down and won't play again until March. No argument. I think it's a wise choice. Uh, conversations I've had with coaches this year. Matter of fact, just Saturday, we were talking about post-game Friday night. Do you think we would be playing 21-22 ball games this year when we think back to March and how everything got shut down? So I agree uh, with what they're doing. Uh, this has been a very uh, rugged year uh, because I don't know if there's a team, Greg, that actually hasn't been affected uh, by this COVID and what that has done in, in my eyes with coaches. It's actually helped them develop some players that might not have had the opportunity to develop. Now what they do is take everything together now, get one good week of practice in, conditioning lightly and get ready to go. The puzzle's got to be put together because as you're hosting the show uh, this Sunday night, it's going to be exciting. And then we're ready to go because why? Everybody, knock on wood and pray to the good Lord, are healthy, ready to go, and we can get out there and run, gun, and giggle. You know, it's it's you've got a different you've got different philosophies, so to speak. And again, uh, this record snowfall that is certainly predicted and, and certainly seems certain at this point, as you and I tape it, kind of in between waves uh, of the uh, projected snowstorm yeah. early in the week. Um, it's going to play a factor in terms of slowing teams down from the number of games they wanted to play anyway. There'll be schools will take two days to dig out uh, from, from what is forecast. And so there were schools that I looked at at the middle of last week, Baz, that were going to try to play like nine times in 14 days or 10 times in 17 days with the thought being, hey, we have missed so much time already this year we don't want to shortchange our kids we want to give them as much of a full season as possible let's go play um if you're a player and i think back to my playing days which are three decades ago at this point mm -hmm. but i do think about how after the grind of of october practice and conditioning and november december and january playing games the coach i grew up playing for was great about once we got to february Dude, we were never in the gym for more than 90 minutes. It was, hey, you've put in the work. Let's let's be as good as we possibly can. Let's be as fresh as we can coming up for the postseason. And so if you're a player and you're saying, hey, we're barely going to practice the last three weeks of the year because we're playing games like every other night, like every kid would sign up for that, uh, <laughs> you know, th that would have the opportunity. So I see school. I see schools doing it a different way. I saw schools being a bit proactive and trying to move games up so they could still play the, the 20 to 22 games, but then give themselves that 10 to 14 day break to be ready and, and kind of to, to stay quarantined and be healthy come state tournament time. So I don't think there's a right way or the wrong way. Um, I am for whatever allows these teams to play as many games as possible. I am for whatever allows these teams to be healthy uh, by the time that we get to uh, the state tournament, which again, remarkably, is just two weeks from now. Um, I thought overall, kind of the, the theme of, of the week was that teams are kind of settling in and I'm not sure what surprises are left other than, fingers crossed, we hope, a state championship contender could hopefully avoid 
being dinged and not playing in the state tournament. In 4A, we know who the top four teams are. Yeah. In 3A, we know who the top couple of teams are, Hammond and Silver Creek. I know the Blackhawk Christian went over 2 this week. They did so against one of the top five teams in the state. And for those that don't know, the team that Blackhawk played on Saturday is a non-IHSAA school, brand new, called Elevation Prep. It's for that kind of level between high school and, and college basketball. Uh, so you've got some kids that are juniors or seniors in high school, some kids that are post-high school uh, that are playing to play college basketball and beyond. And so potentially D1 level kids. So not surprised that Blackhawk dropped that one as well, as the well. They will still be getting my vote in terms of being the top team in 2A. Bar Reeve is still the top team in 1A. At this point, Bob, I think everybody's kind of ready for the postseason. I want to see as many games as both Mother Nature and COVID will allow the last two weeks of the season. But I kind of think I know what I know going to March 2nd. I, I don't argue. Uh, they are ready. Uh, the coaches I've spoken with are ready to get this bad boy started because of what happened last year, Greg, when it got taken away from uh, uh, the, the regional round and on. So they want that experience for their kids. One of the, uh, John Burris, who, who uh, coaches at Southwood, longtime head coach, says, I do not want these kids not to experience the realism of Indiana basketball history. And that's what Hoosier Hysteria is all about come tournament time. As you and I have said this during the football season, and we've used this line during the girls' basketball season too, there is more of a sense of accomplishment even when you lose in the postseason this year. Yeah. As in, we just finished the marathon. Mm-hmm. We got to finish and write the own ending to our script. You never feel good when it ends. You never feel good about a loss. But I, I do think there is almost a greater sense of, of kind of self-respect for the players and for the community saying, hey, we got it done. Hey, we got through this. Uh, there is a nobility in ending your season this year that has not happened before. At least that's the sense that I have gotten being around these student athletes over the course of the year. All right, my friend, what are you looking at schedule-wise this week? Well, uh, supposedly, uh, <laughs> we, we are going to be at uh, Northfield tomorrow with McConaughey, and then Friday night, uh, Southwood hosting uh, – uh, Northfield and a county slobber knocker out at the castle on campus of Southwood High School. Then Saturday, uh, I'm not sure how they're going to get us both in the same arena uh, with the size of heads we have, but uh, we'll, we'll be over at Logansport. It'll be great to see you. So, again, the Berry Bowl is where Bob and I are heading uh, on Saturday, at least as of now, schedule permitting. Um, I'm lucky enough to have been asked uh, to uh, pick up a, a semi-state from a girls' basketball standpoint. And it's the 1A and 2A teams in the North that are playing there. So, Northfield and Pioneer in the 1A game, Tipton and North Judson St. Pierre in the 2A game. Mm-hmm. And, again, Logansport, which hosts a boys regional, which I did a couple, three years ago. Uh, my first trip to the Berry Bowl. Look forward to seeing you and Felix the Cat and everybody over at Logansport when we get there on Saturday. Again, I'm slated to do Danville North Putnam on Tuesday. Uh, I'm not exactly going to be um, going heavy into the game prep on that one, Baz. My guess is that one gets pushed back. Yeah. But then the game I'm really looking forward to, and this game will determine uh, the Mick Championship, uh, Carmel and Warren Central. I have not seen Warren since early January. They have not lost 
since uh, a week after I last saw those guys. Last time I saw Warren was the first time they lost to LN. It was a 20-point game. Eight days later, as I referenced earlier, they played in the Marion County Championship, uh, and it was a three-point game. Warren is as talented as any team in the state. Um, They've got a lot of new pieces. They literally have three players that were not in their program last year. One, a move-in because his dad's the new head coach. Uh, with uh, Tay Davis making the move from LC to Warren Central. They've got an Illinois movement in Donald Coates, and they've got another young man like Jaden Brewer that left the Avon program uh, in Gabe McNary, who checks in all at 6869. So uh, it is a very deep Warren team, and clearly they are starting to figure some things out. If Carmel wins, they will finish the Mick unbeaten at 7-0, which is certainly an accomplishment uh, on their part. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that game. And again, uh, from a forecast standpoint, I feel confident that by Friday, that game is being played. Um, and so uh, my guess is that's the next game I'm calling a few <laughs> days now. Anything else for the good of the cause today, my friend? Yes, yes. Uh, we need to send our prayers out to the Platt family. Yep. Uh, we lost a great one uh, the other day, and, and Steve Platt, the all-time leading scorer in the history of college uh, basketball in the great state of Indiana. Steve passed away with cancer, so to Peggy and the family, our sincere thoughts and prayers. Steve was an active member of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. He is more known for his college exploits uh, than maybe say his high school exploits. Steve, uh, Steve played, uh, I think Union Township, I believe, um, what was, was before consolidation where he played and correct me if I'm wrong on that, Baz. Um, but obviously you being a Huntington guy, uh, know Steve very well from being the Huntington university star player, Huntington college back then. And then the longtime head coach, both of those while running a farm on a full-time basis as Steve went back to college, I believe five years after he graduated Mm -hmm. from high school. Um, Steve's story has been talked about a little bit more this year for a couple of reasons. One, the standpoint that uh, the Indianapolis star did a feature on Steve that, that, that ran about three or four weeks ago. Um, and two, because Kyle Mangus of Indiana Wesleyan from Warsaw went over 3,000 points in his career uh, and, and the only person that he has yet to pass in terms of in the history of that league, the Crossroads League, would be Coach Platt. Now, Steve's son, Ty, was a high school basketball coach for many years. In fact, he was the head coach at Columbus East before then replacing his father as the head coach at Huntington University. Folks, go back and read the profile that Sports Illustrated did about Steve as a player back in 1974. Um, I'm fortunate enough to to, uh, work with Bob Lovell on a regular basis, Bob played against Steve and these stories that uh, Bob told about Steve a couple, three weeks ago when we had this conversation were absolutely wonderful. So Baz, I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, Rest easy coach. And uh, thank you for your contributions to the greater Huntington community, but to the entire state of Indiana from a basketball perspective. Baz, you take it easy. I will see you on Saturday and we will do this again next week. Well, you take care. Be safe out there. Everybody look forward to talking about basketball championships next week with you. For Bob Sambazzi and for West Wolf Behind the Scenes, this is Greg Rakestraw. Next week on the show, we won't just have the next to last week of the regular season to discuss. We will have the pairings to discuss as well. So uh, if this one felt like a sprint, 
Next week's show might be a marathon. Join us then. State Champs Indiana Hang Time, presented by Lawrence and the Logical University. 